Hey everybody, welcome to Bamcast Extra, episode 62! Yeah! And our 2017 finale. Mm-hmm. We are wrapping it up with... It's uh, been quite a ride. That's where I was going. Oh, okay. You could say that 2017 has been a roller coaster. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this week, I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And we're going to get on that roller coaster one last time. Because we're going to talk about 1977's roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Smooth, huh? Yeah, please keep your arms and legs yes. inside the vehicle. And at for all the times. love of God, do not stand up. Do not stand up. <laughs> you will die. Uh, Who stands up in roller coasters? I mean, really. I, apparently, people did because every roller coaster in this movie has a giant sign that says, if you stand up, you will die. So, uh, 1977's roller coaster is a hot universal joint from the time of just when these movies were a thing or just it take anything that people did mm-hmm. and oh my god there's a man trying to blow it off <laughs> yes uh once I, I it's it's funny to look at movies of this time like we did meteor and looking at roller coaster they were very much considered like garbage b pictures back then of just like ah look at this junky thing and you look at them now and you go wow that's really kind of impressive like mm-hmm. against our B movies, which are all just shot in Bulgaria bullshit. Right. Like the B tier stuff in the 70s is still in some way you can point to and go, that's pretty awesome what they did. Yeah. So let's talk about what happens in uh, 1977s. Also, I would like to point out that this was, um, I believe I read one of three pictures with the, the early the early version of D-Box, essentially. Sense around. Which uh, was, uh, let's strap a giant subwoofer underneath all of the chairs and... <laughs> Just crank it up on certain scenes so that the chair rumbles. Yeah, because this movie starts with a preamble of a dude like, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. do not be alarmed by the intense rumbling you will feel during Zen's Around, mm-hmm. which you can't really replicate. And there's this is a Shout Factory Blu-ray where they just put up like, ah, your your stereo is probably going to show something weird. It's going to say 3.1, but there's no center channel. It's it's all bass. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was this, it was Earthquake, it was... The theatrical version of Battlestar Galactica. Yep, and one other thing, um, doesn't matter. Yeah. But it it came and went, and people were like, bah. (laughs) It seems like they could have very easily just gone like, ah, we deboxed it. Yeah. I mean... Could have. I I mean, I don't know what's involved with with setting up a debox, but I I would assume it's just a series of cues, Mm -hmm. you know, that are built into the track or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But this movie does seem sort of... It seemed like it would be a great D-Box thing because D-Box kind of tilts and... I think a little bit. I mean, I don't think it's like... It's not like a, you know, theme park. No, it's not like you know, the Back to the IMAX Future ride. Yeah. yeah, but... Uh, because there's a lot of... have to watch your references, it, Chucky. Oh, that, that's been gone for a while. I but, apologize, yeah. So all, all old of those... man alarm. <laughs> what? Hey. No, I just... I mean, all of those... You know, the Spider-Man ride is still an example okay. of it, but that one actually moves around too. But. All right. Uh, what is still there? The Simpsons ride? Is that what's at Universal no, I think Florida? The Simpsons, they closed That's that gone too. too? Yeah. Okay, shit. I know. I don't know. One of those rides where you sit and the thing moves and you watch the thing on the screen. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of like what we did here. Yeah. I was in a rocking chair. It kind of moved. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you put was, your hands up at the appropriate point. Yeah. yeah. Just woo. Because there's a lot of first person roller coaster footage in this. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, we start on Ocean View, Ocean Way, Ocean. It's it's a beachside amusement park, mm-hmm. and it's just the day is starting, and there's this dude, Timothy Bottoms, who is out on a pier, and he pretends like he's out there to fish, but he's really just spying on the, the amusement park. Mm-hmm. And then he is uh, walking the, the tracks of this roller coaster at the amusement park. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy waves to him, like, thinking he knows who he is, and but it's 
not. It's it's Timothy Bottoms, and he's up to no good. Right. He's he's putting a device on the mm. tracks. He should not do that. That's my bush. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he is he has planted a device on the tracks of this roller coaster, and then it's hot night at the amusement park. Just yeah. lots of people just can't wait to do all the amusement park things, and it's it's charming to see how what a simpler time it was in the seventies to where people just get stoked over nothing. Like fucking nothing. <laughs> they were just running around this music party. Like everything here is just the greatest day ever. Um, I remember that feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. So um, we, we kind of, we get the very basic introduction to the people who are going on this. Well, okay. <laughs> final so roller coaster. Ride. I, I want to back up because I want to, I want to wax nostalgia for half a second. All right. Um, I think the, the main thing was, is what I remember from theme parks as a kid was they weren't this, we need to cram more people than there should be here. Yeah. So it was just a permanent fair, you yes. know, with like, you know, good quality rides. So, I mean, you would just, you could walk up to a ride and like, maybe you had to wait till the one that was going was over, but like very rarely did you have to like stand in like lines. I mean, there wasn't three hour fucking lines like yeah. there is at Disney and stuff now. I mean, yeah. it was just, yeah, you could be excited because you could just bam, 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 do stuff and then go home. And the other thing I noticed about this is like, Unlike theme parks of today, amusement mm. parks of today, it's like people are just showing up whenever. Like people didn't have to be there at nine a.m. You know, like to, yeah, no, to sign up for a fast pass or any bullshit like yeah. that. I mean, it's like just were, get there after work. Yeah, they were, they were like, yeah. they're like, ah, it's three thirty. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm just saying, like that's. I think that's what that helps the excitement level because now you go and it's just like. Yay! Oh fuck, line ride. Yeah. Yay! Oh fuck, line ride. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are three or four amusement parks in this movie, mm-hmm. and looking at them in this, I was like, I would go to all these places. Oh yeah, like absolutely. as they were then. Yeah. Like, well, I, one of them I think is well, at least two of them I think are still around. King's Dominion is probably still there. Yeah. King's Magic Dominion Mountain is probably still King's there. Dominion. That that uh um fountain was fucking impressive mm-hmm. <laughs> like that just like they must have had like a jet turbine yeah. under the water <laughs> to propel the water as high as they did. It was yeah. It was insane. Yeah. But uh, so our, our faithful Sorry. riders are, are getting onto the roller coaster and you just get kind of just basic, just like those two are a couple and this guy's on leave and this lady's fat. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just very basic character detail. So in five minutes, you can go off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so these people are just riding the roller coaster and Timothy Bottoms has been sampling the local scene. Uh, he, he seems to have a cotton candy thing. He does. He, he has a cotton candy uh that seems to be his his kicker right before he likes to do something evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, he did one of the uh, shooting galleries where he was just fucking snapshot. Just yeah, and the guy was like, "Hey, yeah, I was in whatever the hundred first. Yeah. Like, what I'm... Nam thing were you in?" And he's like, "Doesn't he, he's... that's the other thing is like throughout this entire movie, it, it's it's also kind of charming that nobody recognizes that this guy's creepy as fuck. Yeah, because he can't stop smirking the entire time he's in the movie. Yeah, he's and always not paying attention to whatever everyone else is paying attention to, and is kind of smirking and looking the other way. Today, everyone would be like terrorist and would pounce yeah. on him, and no one is paying him any attention. Right. Um. But the the sharpshooting thing is the only piece of character detail you get about this guy. Like you can make assumptions off of that, mm-hmm. but. Nothing else in this movie. There is no explanation. No, he doesn't even like. I mean, if you look at the credits, he doesn't even have a character name. Young man yeah. is his name. Yeah. I'm kind of okay with that. Sure, yeah. I think it kind of works for this movie. But anyway, so the roller coaster is going. He hits the the bomb, 
this is not like blow up the roller coaster kind of thing. This is just a, a tiny little explosion that fucks up the track. Mm-hmm. And so when the roller coaster hits the track, holy shit, the stunt that they do at this, because like one car goes flying and this first car is full of actual people, mm-hmm. stunt people, but they come flying off this ledge through like a, you know, a, a souvenir stand and a couple of other things. Uh, everything after this is dummies, thank God, because like, <laughs> oh yeah, because one of the cars lands like face down, upside or down, upside down, and yeah. just crushes the mannequins. Yes, uh, and one just comes flying off at a rapid pace and crashes into something else. All while the 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 park's kindly old sanitation guy is just sitting there watching this in horror as it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone in the park just goes, "Oh fuck!" and runs for the exits. They're just like, "Get me out of here!" So. We are then introduced to our main character, <laughs> George Siegel, who, uh, look, I've always liked George Siegel. I'm always fascinated by people who were absolute movie stars forever and ever. And then, like, the end of their career is just being on a sitcom. Right. It Like, Elliot Gould and George Siegel, like, how for, like, 20 years were people like, I got to go see the new George Siegel movie. And then suddenly everyone woke up and said... No, I never want to see another George Siegel movie. <laughs> like when, how, I don't know. But so anyway, we're in it, peak George Siegel time. Yeah, here. It, it's weird now because, I mean, you're just like, that's the guy from Just Shoot Me in the Goldbergs. Yeah. And it's like, that's weird. And yeah. Why is he the star of that movie? Know, but he yeah. was the star of a lot of movies. Sure. I just say, like, it, it's one of those things, like, it retroactively kind of destroys any credibility in film stuff. Just be, and I don't mean that like in a bad way. I mean, you know, do what you got to do and keep yeah. working. But absolutely, it's weird because in, in in retrospect, it's like anyone like this. It's like how can you? How can I take you like serious as like a leading man? Yeah. You know? Although I quickly did not have a problem doing that. No, he, no, because. Yeah. So when we first meet him, he is at, I, I guess, I don't know what the fuck was going on in the 70s with the He's on. He's at like some cigarette detox camp. Mm-hmm. Where they are fucking giving him electric shocks to quit smoking. I love that. Like, <laughs> man, I I would be fascinated to know. I would watch a movie that's sort of like, uh, um, fuck, just just looks like focuses on these extreme like stop smoking places mm-hmm. because like this is in this and like in Cat's Eye mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just I could see like a a, a drama slash comedy slash quirky thing that's like filmed like masters of sex or something like you know yeah. like a sex clinic thing but like for stopping smoking and mm-hmm. like it, it, i don't know i'm just saying like there, there there's a weird fascinating like that mid-70s where they're like maybe maybe smoking's bad for you kind well, of thing it, it's weird again it, it recalls the the eye of the jury stuff of the the sex clinic stuff you just think about like late 70s early 80s movies always had this this people would go to these places like you know the 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 DeKirk Institute, and you would just go there, and it would be some weird thing that you were trying mm-hmm. to cure. And it's like, I don't think any do any of these kinds of places exist anymore. I don't know. You just you get a pamphlet that says stop smoking, and it's just a phone number you call or a website you go to. You don't go to some woodsy cabin where you sit in a room literally surrounded by cigarette ads and just cigarettes fucking everywhere. And as you're smoking, there's a guy staring at you in another room giving you electrical shocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um to which he is tolerating, and the dude's like, I don't have to, you know, keep zapping you like this. And George Siegel's just smoking away, going, yeah, no, come on, give it to me. <laughs> I paid for this. Let's do this. Uh, but he gets a page and uh, on his pager mm-hmm. and uh, gets a call that he has to go into work. And his job, he's a parks and safety inspector mm-hmm. guy, which, again... Movies just don't give you a lead character who's got a fucking nonsense job, yeah. like, a, like a ride safety inspector. 
he would be a minor character in something else and you know the FBI would be in charge of this right but he's he he's called in because he was the guy who inspected the the roller coaster mm-hmm. last time they did inspections and so he, he's kind of at first like oh no you know did I do something wrong um because his boss Henry Fonda has has called him away and his boss hates him <laughs> yeah and, and he hates his boss yeah they do not get along Mm-mm. um I mean, but, but kind of like in a friendly shooting barbs at each other kind of way it's like somewhat i it, mean there's also some blackmailing and whatnot going on yeah I mean, that that does happen too i but. just i mean like <laughs> I, i'm going back to like meteor i mean like this is like the same dynamic sean connery had with somebody right um yes was it Henry? It wasn't Henry Fonda. But no, Henry no. Fonda was the president. That's right. He was the president. I think it was with Carl Malden. Who was yeah, the, it was just like, yeah, I don't really like you. I don't really like you either. But damn it, you're yeah. the one guy that yeah. we need right now. Yeah. But this was, I mean, like George Siegel is like telling us, he's like, why don't you go? I'm, I'm busy. And he's like, well, it's my birthday. Right, it was his anniversary. Yeah, it was, yeah. He's like, well, then take your wife yeah, take with you. He's, like, he's like, ha ha, it's real funny, <laughs> asshole. You get over there now. I'm fucking Henry Fonda over here. Right. So he goes to the park, investigates, and and this is just... He was just one angry man. (laughs) (laughs) He goes over and, you know, he gets some preliminary information, talks to the old guy who's still just sitting there (laughs) looking at the carnage, Mm -hmm. uh, gets basically gets the information that there was a dude up on the tracks who wasn't supposed to be there around 10 or 11. Also, they do everything to tear that guy down, too. Like, the yeah. old guy, oh, they're, like, they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, we only, I mean, honestly, we only keep him here because he's been there, like, 40 years, and uh, he's actually kind of fucking crazy. He's like, he still talks to his wife, and, and George Siegel's like, well, how long has she been there? He's like, he's never been married. <laughs> yeah, and then George Siegel's like, okay, never mind. Yeah. Forget but, I brought but, it I mean, up. But he does, like, the gotcha thing of, like, well, you say you always walk the track between 7 and 8, and he's like, he's saw the guy between 10 and 11 mm-hmm. you know, before you opened at noon or something. I yeah. don't know. And yeah, he's he, like, bah, and he's like, I don't know if that means anything. That guy can't be trusted. Like, okay. <laughs> we'll discredit all of that theory. Yeah. But uh, then it's just, you know, George Siegel going about his business. He's He's got a new girlfriend and an ex-wife and he's got to go pick up his kid for visitation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, his kid is Helen Hunt. Yeah. Who, uh, despite being, I don't know, 12 years old, looks exactly like Helen Hunt. You know, it's not... Her name is not in the opening credits. It's in right. the end credits. So like when you see her, you're like, wait, hold on. And then. Yeah. The first scene, she's like super kinetic because it's like bounce down the stairs and like, bye, mom. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and then like, I don't remember if they go eat first, but they go to a pet store at some point and like are shopping for hamsters. And y- yes, but like, yeah, like the first time she sits still, it's like, wait, uh, yeah. OK. Yeah. That's Helen Hunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, there's a whole weird thing about getting hamsters. We can't get two hamsters because no. yeah, then we'll have a hundred hamsters. Yeah. It's yeah. like, don't don't people have the ability to, to check the sex on a hamster like you can buy two of the same and nah. then you uh, no nah. okay. doesn't work that way no all right uh, i guess not um <laughs> so yeah we're just you know we're just learning about george siegel and, and as he's uh as they're ringing up the hamster he's just <laughs> he's gazing into the hamster cage and he sees this newspaper article that oh, right, says yeah, there's yeah. been a fire at a Pittsburgh mm-hmm. amusement park because we've seen a scene where Timothy Bottoms went to Pittsburgh. I was trying to think like what was the connection? Why did they have to go to the hamster store? But yeah, yeah that's right. The newspaper in the bottom yeah. of the cage was again this it, it, today. This wouldn't because he would just get a text alert on his mm-hmm. phone the second it happened, like fire it in Pittsburgh, you know, but this is like a week later that he's hearing about this. So uh, he goes back to Henry Fonda and he's like, listen, uh, the guy who owns that amusement park company and this other guy who owns the other amusement park company, they're going to Chicago. Yeah, like like four or five different owners of, of yeah. amusement park things are all meeting yeah. for some reason. So send me to Chicago because there's something going on here. And Henry Fonda's like, nope, don't have the money. 
And he's like, yeah, well, you know how your son did the the contracting job for the thing that blew up the other day. That'd be real. That'd be terrible if that news got out, right? And he's like, all right, get on the next plane, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, that said, for yeah. Henry Fonda, it was painted like even worse because like it was like, yeah, you know that roof collapsed. I think it was yes. a retirement home. Yeah, he was like, you know, I I'm good at spotting shoddy materials. I wish you hadn't pulled me off of that. And he's like, you son of a bitch, get on the plane. Yeah. So yeah, it, it just it paints it like I'm. Several steps of blackmailing there. Mm-hmm. Like anyway, so yeah, um, he shows up at the hotel in, in Chicago. He goes to Chicago. So at first, like these these f- the five heads of the five <laughs> crime families of amusement parks have shown up, and they're all like, "Ah, what are we doing here?" Why? And they're like, "Listen to this tape," and they're about to hit play on this tape, and then dude comes to the door. It's Timothy Bottoms, who's a, pretending to be a room service guy, and he's just like, "Ah, we brought you things, and also let me plant a giant obvious bug on your lamp here." Okay, see you later, and then passes George Siegel in the hallway mm-hmm. who comes and knocks on the door and he's like I, I I know things and you better let me in so I'm on your side and they go in and they listen to the tape and it's the tape is this just long-winded extortion thing of yeah, you know non unmarked non-sequential bills give me a million dollars yeah. or I'm gonna keep blowing up your shit mm-hmm. and uh, so they're all like rah, 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 what do we do and everyone's like pay him <laughs> just pay him and then they're like, no, if we pay him, he'll just keep asking for money. We can't do that. So uh, George, George Siegel's just kind of like, well, let, let's let's turn this over to the authorities. Let, let's get let's get the feds involved. Mm-hmm. It's obviously an interstate felony of some kind, so the feds need to be involved. So uh, they they get in contact with the feds, which is Richard Widmark and a couple of other dudes, and they're just like, yeah, um, let's. Yeah, thanks for your service, George Siegel. We got this from here. Yeah, like, thanks Thanks for bringing this to our attention. Yeah, here's a letter of commendation. We'll send it to Henry Fonda. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. We're good. And George Siegel's kind of out at mm-hmm. that point. He just goes home and washes his car. Yep. And then he gets a phone call, and it's Timothy Bottoms, and he's like, uh, you know, you're going to take a trip to Virginia. It's going to be fun for you. See you. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's very cryptic. It's like, yeah, oh, you know, you ever been to Virginia? It's, it's nice this time of year. Kind of, kind of hot, but you, you might like it. And he's and like, George was like, what? Uh, Who the hell is what? the? Huh? And the feds show up and they're like, they, they've asked for you. They want you to be the the, yeah, the, the bag man. Yeah. And uh, he's like, where, where are we going? He's like, Virginia. And yeah. he's like, he just called me. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, well, all right. So, yeah. So they, uh, they go off to King's Dominion mm-hmm. in Virginia, which it was like the longest sequence of the movie because pretty much like you know you get the setup like all right we got guys here 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 um we're gonna wire you you know we know he's probably gonna have you make a switch at some point yeah. um, and we're just gonna we're gonna follow you around the park and go wait by this payphone and it's supposed to call it 11 30 a.m sharp the rest of this movie is essentially what we have done over time which has whittled this kind of movie down to about a 20 minute segment in a bigger mm-hmm. arcing plot yeah but the rest of this movie is kind of just procedural Go here, wait here, do this, wait for this. Okay, this went mm-hmm. wrong. What happens next? That kind of thing. So we're at King's Dominion, and this is like a lot of this is just like a hooray for King's Dominion. I mean, it's it's a lot of just look at all this cool shit King's Dominion has. Yeah. We go into like the the main dude's office at King's Dominion who has this artwork of King's Dominion with his airbrushed head like floating over it. Like he's <laughs> the king of King's Dominion. Um He's the emperor of King's Dominion. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a lot of like, you know, radio frequencies and phone calls and mm-hmm. drops and stuff like that. And but I mean, it's 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 good and it's fascinating. I mean, I'm not I'm not blowing past it because no, like I 
as you said, this is the kind of like slow burn shit like this that you just don't see anymore, mm-hmm. where audiences don't seem to have patience for something like this. Yeah, there is there. It's a a lot of slow burn yeah. in in various parts of this because so they've wired George Siegel, uh, but Timothy Bottoms is on to him, and he's like, take the wire off, and then they're all like, ah, oh, fuck, what are we gonna do? How do we know when he makes the switch? Blah blah blah. So then this just leads to a lot of dudes following George Siegel around. And what Timothy Bottoms does is he makes George Siegel do a hundred different things at this park. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because like he's and, and this is one of those like it is a little bit dumb because like really you guys you didn't think about because they've got this giant observation tower thing mm-hmm. at King's Dominion. Mm-hmm. And Timothy Bottoms is just hanging out up there with his stuff hanging on one of those like put a quarter in and, yep. and do the binoculars thing. But he's got his own binoculars and a little earpiece. And like one of the Fed guys walks right by him. It's like dude with the earpiece, like yeah. maybe yes. seems suspicious, <laughs> yeah. but he's just standing up there and watching all of this from, from up there. Mm-hmm. And from the moment he gets the call, he's like, I, I want you to take off the mic that I, I know you're wearing, you know, like, yep. And it's first, it's like, I want you to go stand over here and like buy a hat and get your name embroidered on it. And, the, the other fascinating thing about this is, is there there are multiple things that are, are kind of like misdirections where mm-hmm. you think it's going to mean something because th- there is like this one kid who oh, seems to be following him, seems to be following him. And you think he's going to play into it like he's part of the courier scheme. No. And, and, and if he is, it's it's never you're never told that. But he's I think he's just a weird kid. who's yeah. kind of interested in that. George Siegel's going against the grain of everything in this sure. park. But I mean, uh, he's got this giant briefcase that's obviously heavy because yeah. it's full of, you know, whatever the amount of money was. And was well, it a million like, dollars? I don't know. It was a lot. But I think it was it was one million dollars because like he the the explanation that he gives the the five heads of the amusement crime families <laughs> is that because uh, they're like, get a job, you dirt bag. And he's like, I had jobs. They didn't really work out. This is going to work out better. So it's just he wants the money because he can't find a job. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well, that's good enough motivation, I guess. But like, so when George Siegel had to get rid of the radio, he goes over and throws it in a waste paper basket. And then in the middle of the theme park, he's just standing there with his arms up, spinning around yeah, like, look, the radio's gone. And that's where the kids and the kids them. look at him like, the fuck are you doing? Because no one else is looking at him. No one else is paying any attention to mm-hmm. George Siegel. Um, this, so, kid, this kid is like also kind of weird looking and has what looks like he's won a bundle of like sword, like foam swords yeah. or something. Or arrows. Arrows. Is yeah. that what it is? Like, it looks like he's just got a, like a, a quiver of arrows. It, it, correct. Like, <laughs> it, it's just weird. Cause he's like kind of clutching those to his chest and just kind of following him around yeah. for a while. Yeah. That doesn't pay off, but no, it, it doesn't, but it's, it's weird. Cause everywhere George Siegel goes, that kid is like, Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, it, it's literally everything like go over here, get this hat. Okay. Stand here and get, get your name embroidered on the hat. And then he somebody, puts on this dumb floppy hat and stands there with this grimace on his face, like God damn it! And, and then and then this courier shows up yeah. and is like, "Hey, are you so and so? I'm supposed to deliver this." <laughs> and then the FBI guys grab him. And is like, I, "I don't know. Just yeah. guy paid his hundred dollars to deliver this by phone." Blah blah yeah. blah. And it's like, and it, and it's go over and get on this ride. Yeah, and but it, the package was a two way radio. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's like, turn, "When you get to this ride, turn this on." Yeah. And because they go over to the vortex. Yeah. <laughs> so he. And then he just sends him basically riding on a series of rides. Yes. And one of my favorite parts, if you've ever wanted to see it, 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 it culminates with him getting on whatever roller coaster it is that they have there, like yeah. the big, you know, the big wooden one. And if you ever want to see someone ride a roller coaster <laughs> completely nonplussed, like could not give two shits that he's on a roller coaster <laughs> while clutching a giant briefcase. Yeah. 
George Siegel, because like he rides the roller coaster once and he's like, and, and then he bottoms on the radio. He's like, that looked like fun. Why don't you do it again? And, like, and so he just sits on it. Well, okay. That roller coaster is pretty cool because it's a, it's a dual car roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So two cars are going up at the same right. time. And the people in the other car are taunting George Siegel. They're like, hey, man, we're going to beat you. Ha yeah. ha. And I they're all you, doing this weird I, I rhythmic you, clapping yeah. thing. Like uh, they're clapping with the with the clanking of, yes. the, of the cars going up. Yeah. Like everyone in this movie is super stoked to be on a roller coaster. Like it's the greatest day of their lives. Mm-hmm. And that is so awesome. It's just like just like look how awesome your lives are. Like, how did we ever move past this stuff? Well, and that's that's I think what makes it even funnier is like you've got two cars with, let's say, let's say 20 people mm-hmm. all clapping to the, to the clacking of the roller coaster yep. going up and George Siegel just sitting there <laughs> with the biggest, like, I don't want to be here. Look on his face, <laughs> yeah. clutching this giant briefcase. And then the, the little kid or not kid. I mean like teenage dude with a pencil thin mustache is like, <laughs> man, I bet you a billion dollars. We beat you. Ha! Yeah. And he's just like, So at first I thought this was hilarious watching George Siegel on all these rides, not giving a shit. And then I realized, holy, this makes perfect sense because he's a ride inspector. Mm -hmm. He this is how he would probably react to all of these things. He would just not care. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. Like, that's so awesome. So, yeah, he just rides all these rides in the amusement park and is just clutching this briefcase and just like. I mean, and and the funniest thing is like. (laughs) They keep like nobody, nobody's clued in all of the park employees to what's going on. Yeah, no. So every single time he gets up to one, it's like, sir, you can't have the briefcase. And then the feds walk over like, you need to let him on or like flashback. It's like, okay, you can get on. Cause like he's on the, the shitty swings, like the, <laughs> yes. like not the, you know, like now we've got the, the, the thing swings that spin you around. Like mm-hmm. are these, you know, back in the day, they were just like plain standard. You know, playground swing just happened to be attached to a thing that swung you around. Yeah. Now you there's maybe like, had a tiny metal bar. Now there's like, you know, they don't do it with less than four chains yeah. and a lap bar and all this stuff. And yeah. it's like, but these were the old ones. So he's just sitting there basically on a, like a playground swing, <laughs> clutching this briefcase going yeah. around and around. Um, and but, it's weird because I kept figuring like at some point they were going to say, OK, now let go of the briefcase. And it was right. supposed to fly off. Well, somewhere. and also here's where I really thought it was going to happen is like it. It finally gets down to they put him on like the little sky bucket cars that go across the park mm-hmm. and he's riding across and i was like at some point they're just he's just gonna have to drop it off yeah but they um well what happens is okay so before he gets on those like there there's so much constant misdirection in mm-hmm. this is like at one point like the photographer uh, takes a picture of him on the roller coaster of him yep. being totally nonplussed in the front car of this roller coaster and he's like hey man here's a picture of you on a roller coaster isn't it cool and he's like who told you to take this picture and then like immediately the FBI guy show up and say who told you to take this picture and he's like that's what I do man <laughs> mm-hmm. so but yeah then he gets on the on the the you know the cable car ride yeah. across the park and that's when Timothy Bottoms is like uh I want to tell you about that bomb and he's mm-hmm. like yeah what what about it and he's like you're you're holding it yep it's in the radio uh-huh. uh huh don't try to throw it don't try to do anything with it it will blow up and yeah he's like i don't want you to blow up i just want you to do what i say yeah so. and he's looking around like i can't drop this because there's people everywhere yeah there's literally nowhere i can drop this but then he gets off the swing thing and i think he was he, oh he oh, they told him to make the signal yeah which that was the take, switch was take off the glasses yeah. which he gets off and the, there's one agent waiting at the other end of the of the swing car and he's like he took off the glasses what should i do and they're like well what about the car he was in and then he's like Oh shit! It's already on its way back. People got with, in with it. people, and they're yeah. like, 
You son of a bitch. How did you not catch that? What's your name? I'm going I'm to send you a letter of decommendation from, right. to your captain. Yes. <laughs> Richard Woodmark in this movie, his whole purpose is to either send people commendations or take commendations yeah. away from yeah. them. Because uh, <laughs> later, like, he, he's going to give, like, six guys a commendation, and George Siegel kind of looks at him like, really? Is yeah. this all you do? But they... They basically scramble every single person. They all run out of their like every all the cover is blown because they all go to chase whomever's in this in this cable car, mm-hmm. and they get a, and they they get to the other end and it's basically two priests. Yeah. <laughs> they just gotta look. They at just them. look at them like, well, they're clearly not the bad guy. Yeah. They're priests, right? Yeah, priests never do anything wrong. Yeah, um, and then Timothy Bottoms. <laughs> I, was, I needed the cricket sound in, inserted there. Oh right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking in 1977 terms when you're like, oh yes, that's right. <laughs> priests were. It wasn't reported yet that they were terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so like Timothy Bottoms has has told uh, George Siegel, just put this briefcase on a bench and walk away. Don't look back mm-hmm. um, to which he does. And then he decides. Ah, well, he's fuck it like, up. well, he's like, he keeps talking to him and he's like, because hey. he's basically like, you've done good. Like, yeah. you know, like, hopefully this will be the last time we ever attack. And he's like, well, what about? Hey. Yeah. You up? Hey. Where, re- hey. Please respond. And <laughs> is this far enough? What do I do now? Turns around and the briefcase is gone. Yeah. So then, like, Richard Woodmark is just chewing him out. He's just well, like, were he's, you in on this? And he's just like, yeah, like, well, don't worry. We trace the money. He's like, what? He specifically <laughs> he said, said, don't trace the money. He's like, ah, he won't figure out how we did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Timothy Bottom just gets away, and, you know, George Siegel goes back home, basically. Uh-huh. And then he gets a phone call at, like, 530 in the morning, to which, like, it's just the comical, like, 45 seconds of reaching for a phone, because the phones in 70s movies are never in one place, because no. they all had eight-mile-long phone cords. Yep. So, he just bashes, like, a million things off his nightstand to find the phone, and it's him, and he's just like, hey, this money's marked. Yeah, it's got pixie dust on it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow something up now. I'm real mad, so deal with that. It's on you. Yeah, I thought you should know. Pixie dust, by the way, like, yeah. you know... <laughs> <laughs> you shine a ultraviolet light on yep. it and you can see it but yeah yeah but yeah so and then george siegel's like i i guess we gotta figure out where where what he's gonna do mm-hmm. and he just kind of opens the paper one day and sees this giant ad for uh magic mountain mm-hmm. who's opening the the revolution or something like that <laughs> yeah the the great revolution the great revolution yeah. and uh it's opening on the fourth of july mm-hmm. so he tries to convince richard moodmark he's like this is the thing, and the capper on this is that I was the one who inspected it, so he's doing this to get well, back at like, me. Winmark's like at the airport about to get on a plane, yeah. and he gets a he gets a call on the red courtesy phone to <laughs> to call you know it's George Siegel, and he's yeah. like he's like I'm about to get on a plane. He's like you're gonna want to miss this plane. Like mm-hmm. come see me, yep. and um yeah, he opens up the paper and he's like this is it. He's gonna be here. It's Fourth of July. It's high profile. Big you know he's a mechanical guy. He loves roller coasters. He's gonna go back to his roots. Yeah. And also, by the way, kicker, I'm the one that inspected this. Yeah. And he's like, I can't, I'm not doing this on a hunch. Well, he's like, look at this dot matrix printout I've got of every fish fry and hoot nanny mm-hmm. across the country. It could be any of these things. Yep. And George Siegel's like, I just have this feeling. He's like, I'm not I'm not dispersing everybody in a hunch. And then basically exits the scene <laughs> only to basically pull up in a car like five seconds later and go. I'm going with your hunch. Yeah, get Let's in. Get in. We're going to, the, you know, yeah. whatever, Magic Mountain. And Siegel's like, but I'm parked in a red zone. He's like, we'll work it out later. <laughs> Let's go. There's no stopping for your parking in the red zone. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then it's it's off to Magic Mountain. Yep. And Magic Mountain on the 4th of July is fucking packed. It is, man. It, it's packed for two reasons. One, because they're opening this cool new roller coaster. Mm-hmm. The other reason is because there's a concert by Sparks. There, there is. <laughs> and also, like, Jet Skyriders. 
Like yeah. jet jet skywriter is like a team of jets yep. doing dot matrix skywriting. <laughs> yes. Like there's like four or five jets like flying across and they're like, all right, you each fill out a little portion of the word revolution as yeah. it's going to appear behind the loop of yeah. the they each let out a bit of their chemtrails mm-hmm. until it spells revolution yeah. to which... that's why everyone was having so much fun yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> because the revolution chemtrails yeah. spilled down upon them mm-hmm. uh but man this concert goes off and people are fucking stoked like sparks comes out which like i've heard of the band sparks and they are still together and they are still doing things they're they keep changing genres. It's, and a, it's a weird fucking band. It is a weird band, uh, especially because the piano guy keeps getting up and leaving <laughs> during the middle of concerts. All right. So my one note <laughs> for this entire movie. And now I'm remembering that I have seen clips of this band from like Top of the Pops and things like that, be- mm-hmm. mostly because of this keyboard guy. Mm-hmm. But like, I f- totally forgot that was the name of the band for a second. And then like it came on here and I was like, I thought it was just a made up band because yeah. that seems like the kind of thing you would do for this movie. Sure. But um, my one note was, what the fuck is up with Freddie Mercury and the, with the Hitler mustache? <laughs> because, yeah, uh, yeah, their keyboard guy, like when he's not playing, which is oddly in the middle of all songs, <laughs> when he's when he's not playing, usually is staring in one any in one particular direction yeah. in a very weird way. Plus, the dude's like seven foot tall mm-hmm. and super skinny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he has a he has a toothbrush mustache, a lot, you know. Charlie Chaplin or Hitler. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those are pretty much your two two go-tos for that. I mean, I can't think of anyone else. Um, they play like three songs, and I kept thinking like, okay, well, maybe they're going to play the Spark song, and then I'll go, oh, right, they're that band. But they never, none of them are anything I, what, I've ever heard. What's their Spark song? I don't know. Oh, okay. I just figured like, okay, you got Sparks in a movie, they're going to play that song by Sparks, and then I'll go, oh, right, that song, that's by Sparks. Okay. But no, they never do. Although they do sing the song for about 10 minutes called Big Boy, mm-hmm. which fucking gets stuck in your head for, I don't know, 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because <laughs> it's them just saying Big Boy over and over again. Well, there, there's also a point. I think this is the one where they have the big rock ending because there, there's a point where uh, Freddie Mercury Hitler decides to <laughs> go a little bit who on the whole situation where yeah. he starts oh, just yeah. breaking shit. Like, is it yeah. the piano bench or something? Yeah. He breaks something in the middle oh, of the Oh, yeah, stage. he breaks the piano bench. Yeah. Yeah. To which the parkgoers are just stoked. And so uh, George Siegel's girlfriend and Helen Hunt have somehow decided to go to Magic Mountain because George Siegel was not... He was sufficiently vague when he told them what he was going to do. He's like, well, he said... He was like, I got to go to Magic Mountain for business. Yeah. And then like, you know, okay, well, you know, I will I guess I'll see you. Or he said like, you know, can you take my daughter home? Okay. Yeah. And then I guess Helen Hunt overheard this because, you know, 70s phone technology yeah. or something. Yeah. She's she like, was like, Magic she's Mountain. Like, Why don't we go to Magic Mountain? That'd be fun. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, I don't know. It's like, come on. It'd be fun. All right. Yeah. Because they are in the crowd for the Sparks concert. Mm-hmm. And she is just like, oh my God, it's Sparks. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and Timothy Bottoms is also in the crowd at the Sparks concert. And the lady next to him is going fucking ham. Just sparks, woo, and jumping up and down. And he is just like, who cares? Mm-hmm. And again, no one is paying. Right, right now, that would, everyone would go get him. But, you know, but whatever. But, yep. Uh, so we, we have another surprise cameo in this scene because as they've all gathered in whatever work area it is they're trying to plan, guy walks in with some papers and it's Steve Gutenberg. Yep. The Bear, goot. Baby goot. <laughs> Baby Goot with all the hair. I'm Goot. Uh, he comes in, delivers the documents, and apologizes for being late, and leaves. And you're yep. like, oh, Goot. 
And, and, and hams it up as much for the camera as you possibly could in, in his little 20-second cameo. sure does. Well, not cameo. It's not cameo. No. It's a bit part. It's, you a, know? it's an unbilled bit part, which yeah. is weird because he has a speaking role, so you would figure right. he would get credited for it, but he doesn't. Uh, so they've got, like, schematics for the roller coaster. He put, his initials are SG, so he put the A in the, there. He got a SAG card. SAG card. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah, he did it himself. Piece of construction paper. I'm in SAG now. <laughs> I was in a roller coaster. Um so they've got the schematics for the roller coaster and they show them to George Siegel and George Siegel's like, I'm not an engineer. I don't know what you want me to do with this. And they're like, figure out where the bomb's going to be. And he's like, I, I don't know there. That's the loop. I don't know. And they're like, check the loop. So they uh, they come up with a scheme where they put the dudes in worker outfits and take them with uh, streamers up to wrap just festive Fourth of July shit well, around. There. <laughs> I like the, the line that I like about this is um they're like, yeah, just put on some construction or, you know, maintenance uniforms and get up there and, and walk the ride. Yeah. And they're like, won't he see this? And and Jordan Siegel's like, well, do you have any, like, you know, trash keys or banners or whatever? So he's like, yeah. And he's like, get some red, white, and blue ones and hang them, you know. And like, <laughs> Woodmark's like, you're always thinking. And he's just like, so is he. Yes. <laughs> he's just like, I just like the <laughs> Yeah. It's it's real good hype manning for, for no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Now you've got this team of dudes walking the walking the the track, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually they're just like, "Oh, there it is. There's the bomb." Well, not <laughs> not before. Like, I mean, they they break out like a whole team of people, including like a bomb dog, and and for whatever reason, there's this one there's one hippie couple yeah. that is like, I thought they were going to be the thing that tipped Timothy Bottoms off to this, but it never comes up because. No. The way it's framed, it seems like they're watching Sparks about three people over from Timothy Bottoms. And one of them is, is um, Craig Wassman, who's in like uh, Body Double, which yeah. like when he showed up, I was like, is that Bill Maher? Because like he also... <laughs> I've, I've confused those two throughout the 80s. Exactly. I mean, you know, t- the age is wrong, but I mean, like, yeah, like I'm just saying, like, yeah. you see him for half a second. It's like, is this another weird cameo? And it's like, kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. But not it's a guy as, from Nightmare on Elm Street 3, right, so... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> anyway, but like, they're, for whatever reason, they make a big deal, like is that a dog up there? And you're like, no way. Why did a dog be on a coaster? You're high. He's like, I'm not that high. We're both high. Yeah. But like, they just like do this and they're like, they seem like there are a couple of people for over from Timothy bottoms. And I thought this was going to be the, he's going to go, Oh shit. They're up on the tracks looking for this. I got to cheese it. Nope. But Uh, no, like they, they don't, they don't, they go through the whole thing. The dogs search all of the cars, not the cars. And they're, they're literally about to give up. They're like, ah, this shit, this is probably in Coney Island. We're at the wrong place. And Mm. then guys just, you know, trotting along. This is a big ass, long ass roller coaster yeah. too, by the way. Yeah. Um, like has a tunnel at one point and all kinds of things, but like they eventually like, they're just about to give up. The guys like found it and they are able to get it all the way detached from the thing, opened up, look mm-hmm. at it and disconnect it before yeah. Timothy Bottoms realizes what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. he, he tries to, like, there's a dramatic buildup where, like, they've got it open and he's about to cut the he's, wire. Yeah, he sees them at the very last mm-hmm. minute and he's like, oh, well, better do my plan now. Might as well kill those dudes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a thing, you know, the constant, you know, just yeah. stressful. Do, 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 yeah. Do. <laughs> and uh, he, you know, hits the button, nothing happens, and it's right when the guy cut the wire. Yeah. So, um, I also want to mention one of the other guys in the in the office area helping out doing, I guess he's like the head of the park or whatever mm-hmm. is Michael Bell, who, if you've ever seen a cartoon, he probably did 17 voices on that cartoon. He was like Duke and GI Joe and he oh, was okay. 18 of the transformers. And like, as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, Oh, that guy I've never seen him actually physically in person, but it's that guy. <laughs> yeah. 
cartoon man. So I think it was like Plastic Man. Mm. He, it was, he was the voice of that guy and just a million. Every cartoon in the 80s, he did 17 voices on. Awesome. So I didn't catch that, but good one. Yeah. So uh, Timothy Bottoms is like, well, all right, I guess I'll go back to my car and make another bomb. <laughs> so he goes back to his car and just builds another bomb. Yeah, dude has a sweet ass bomb making briefcase yeah, with like it, a fold out. Real compartmentalized yeah. and nicely organized. I mean, like, good job on your bomb briefcase. It's really <laughs> nicely done. You spent a long time putting that together. Um, it's but a, yeah, it's a blast to shake. Hey? <laughs> God damn it. Yes, it is. So he builds another bomb and he it's just like I, I need to get it on the thing somehow. So the like the bomb dogs have cleared all the cars. That's why they allowed the mm-hmm. roller coaster to go. So they're like, OK, let's do this. And God, there's so much pomp and circumstance to, to launching this roller coaster. There's a marching band and the mayor of Magic Mountain is there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like some radio DJ guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and also like so they at one point they released like, I don't know, 100 balloons. And everyone is just like, whoa, man, look at the balloon. It's like, it's a fucking hundred balloons. Like, what the? Come on, 70s. I know there was more. You're about to be on a roller coaster, but they're all like, sweet, check out the balloons. <laughs> so that was exciting. Um, <laughs> but the but the plan is like, so the initial ride, like people got special golden tickets, which I'm guessing was like a, you yeah, know, everyone right. sign up and, you know, yeah. we'll raffle these off. Yeah. Uh, but somehow they did them in like couples or something, because like almost everyone that's getting on the first ride is, is in a couple, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it wouldn't make sense that all the couples would win. But it must have just been like, they put, give your, away pairs yeah, put, put your put your name in and you win two tickets. Yeah. So. The plan was Timothy Bottoms went running out to make another bomb real quick, comes running back in to the park, mm-hmm. essentially goes running up to somebody who's running late to get on the on the on the first ride with their golden ticket. And he's yeah. like, hey, man, I really need to get on this ride. I'll give you a hundred bucks for your tickets. <laughs> and then like the lady's like, but I really want to go. And he's like, I only need one of them. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll take you. And she's like, okay. And yeah. the guy's like, well, 100, bucks, 100 bucks, man. All yeah. right, cool. And there's a guy in line who's like, dude, are you crazy? It's, like, it's, it's Greg Wassman again. It's yeah. like, he's like, what, man? You're not going to go on it? And he's like, it's $100 in 1977 money. Yeah. <laughs> I could buy two Atari 2600s for that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so that's the plan is like Timothy Bottoms gets on the very last car and like as it's Kachinking up the you know incline thing. I don't know what you call that. Like ratcheting. That, that's a technique. Kachinking. Yeah, he just tapes a bomb under his seat, and yeah. he's he's not going to blow it up with him on. He's no. going to blow it on the second right. second run. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he rides the ride and doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit. Yeah. Again. He, he's in George Siegel mode. Yep. Um, not quite because he's still got his smirk. So it seems like he's mildly enjoying it. Yeah. Um, George Siegel has is as like run into his kid mm-hmm. and he's just like, what the hell are you? T- get out yeah, of here. Yeah. We'll come back here next week. <laughs> yeah, just go now. And they're like, oh, OK. So again, like this movie keeps planting seeds of things you think are going to happen because it's a cliched movie, but mm-hmm. it, do- it doesn't do any of them. They right. just you figure like, oh, no, they're going to be on the roller coaster and they'll be in peril. No, Mm-mm. they just they like, OK, dad, see ya. <laughs> I love that the final the final downfall of this is like. Again, everyone is making a huge deal about this inaugural ride of this thing. Mm-hmm. So everyone that gets off and they have the golden ticket, they're like they're getting interviewed by different like there's multiple press people there. It's the, all the press are there. <laughs> and, everyone. And so like George Siegel has just scolded his girlfriend and Helen Hunt off out, out of the park. Yeah. And he's kind of standing with an earshot that the, this guy comes up to Timothy Bottoms is like, what do you think of the ride? He's like, it's pretty good. It's he's funny like, because he's like, hi, I'm a reporter. Tell me what you thought of the yeah. ride. And he's like, it's pretty good. And then like he asked him another question. He's like, I think it's going to be memorable or something like that. And it's yeah. just enough for George Siegel to sort of hear this voice through yeah. the crowd. He's like, what? And, the, and instead of like going, I'm going to chase after who I think made that thing. It's he goes to the reporter and is like, play that back. Yeah. 
and does, and it's like, that's the voice. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but Timothy Bottoms has not scurried away far enough yet, because George Siegel just looks and goes, get him, and points in the vague direction. Is like, there he is. Well, they have this like eye contact across yeah. the crowd, and he's and there's a random FBI dude is there, and he's like, that's him. Yeah. Disperse everybody. Yeah. And they catch him immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, a brief chase, but then they all have him at gunpoint, and he's got the detonator out, and he's just like, all right. The, I, I planted the bomb, yeah. so... And they, and they were trying to stop the car, but yeah. it's like it's already gone past the, past the chunky part. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, it's past the point of no return. Yeah. <laughs> they have to have fun now. <laughs> so, yeah. Someone's going to write in and be like, that's the part I don't... I don't know roller coasters. <laughs> I... I, it's the Kachoki part, as far as I know. <laughs> the lift. I don't know. What it's for sure it has a name. Right now, dozens of amusement yeah. park operators are screaming at their phones. No, no. <laughs> not the Kachoki part. <laughs> Makes me you say, "Fucking Ow. plebeians!" This is not what it's called. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but yes. Um, so he can he convinces George Siegel to tell everybody to put their guns down. Mm-hmm. He's like, "All right, put your guns down." And then he's like, "All right, George Siegel, tell that guy to give me his gun." Yeah. He's like, "All right." <laughs> Meanwhile, in the in the back, they're like, "They've disassembled the bomb, brought it in." He's like, "I wonder if it's using the same frequency as this one. If yeah. it is, I can jam it." Yeah. So guys, that big radio dial switch thing. Yeah, like, they're like, "Let's fucking jam this frequency." And, you know, and you know, everyone has their gun down. He still has his finger on the button for the detonator thing, but he's mm-hmm. George Siegel's about to hand him over a gun, yep. and then. Guy goes, I've jammed it. Yeah. And then like, he's like, what? Hits the button. Nothing happens. And then George Siegel just casually as a parks and service guy would fucking shoots him. Gets him (laughs) in the gut shot. Blam. You know, doesn't phase him at all. He's just like, shot you. (laughs) And Timothy Bottoms just goes running off. I'm a motherfucking civil servant. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pop a cap in your ass. (laughs) Ain't no thing. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) He's just standing there chilling, and Timothy Bottoms chases, runs off, and George Siegel just kind of is like, yeah, I just shot that dude. Yep. A- anyone want to interview me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Timothy Bottoms runs around the park for a while, and guys give chase, and then he decides he's just going to jump in front of the roller coaster. <laughs> no, he's he's running. like it, It's kind of cool because like as a kid, you're always like, I want, I don't know why, but I want to go over there to that part of the park that yeah. I can't go to. Yeah. There's no reason. No. Except it's like there's. I'm not there's supposed a, to be over there. There's a fence that keeps me away and from And there's there. water over there. I could, yeah. I could be playing that. Like, there's no reason I should want to play in this water. It's probably disgusting. But he kind of like, you know, at first when he's running, it's like, did he even get shot? Because I, I started to question it. Because like, it doesn't you don't seem... see a wound on his front. It's all in his back. Yeah. It's just his blood is pouring out of his back. Right. So, But I mean, it's like, at first I questioned, I was like, did, did, did he actually get shot? But yeah. then it's like when he's stumbling through the water, it's like, oh, yeah, no, there's blood and yeah. stuff. And somehow, I don't know if. Timothy Bottoms circled around or George Siegel just head him off of the pass or something. But somehow as he's about to get out of behind the scenes part and back into the park so he could disappear into the crowd, mm-hmm. um, he like comes up on a low part of the track um, is about to like guess climb over it and sees George Siegel and just freezes. Yeah. And of course, that's when the roller coaster is rounding that that bend and basically just basically runs into him like yeah. he you know just we don't it. we don't see it we just like hear it and then clunk and then see you know timothy bonds get thrown into they the, throw a dummy against a yeah. fence and you're like oh that man died mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's how it wraps up basically like well okay so throughout the entire movie george siegel has been thwarted at every turn by from from smoking mm-hmm. he had one he had like somewhere he found one 
He had one in his house oh, that he never right. got lit yeah, because right. his he was, lighter didn't work. That's right. He was going to use the stove. He, never, he yeah. got a phone call. So the Shit. entire movie, he's being thwarted from smoking. Yep. Like, there's one guy who's constantly smoking. And he's like, can I bum one of those? And he's like, that was my last one. I ran out. So finally, he's just walking off through the crowd, hero shot. And he's just like, hey, can I bum one of those cigarettes? And then like he's like, okay, here's his moment. He's going to smoke and walk off. And mm-hmm. then he just like, fuck this. And just throws the cigarette down on the ground and walks off through the crowd of the amusement park. And that's the end of the movie. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's going to get two commendations from Richard Woodmark. <laughs> Man, I just I I totally thought he had a cigarette midway through the m- no, movie. He got close so many times and something always stopped him. Wow. Because okay. at the beginning of the movie, I was like, all right, this movie ends with him lighting up and going, fuck, yeah. But it didn't even do that. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was like he finally got his cigarette and then just decided nah. So, yeah, that's the end of Roller Coaster. Uh. I like roller coaster. Yeah. As as little nothing much happens in roller coaster. Like we were saying, it's it's been this movie has been made more efficient over time mm-hmm. to where this mm-hmm. is this is a segment of a bigger movie at this point. But this watching it play out in real time over stakes that aren't huge but are still like I don't want those people on the roller coaster to blow up uh was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Everything about Every every technical thing about that, like jamming radio frequencies and trying to, you know, figure out through science certain things that he's doing or whatnot, it was all incredibly fascinating. I enjoyed pretty much all of it. I think I'm going to give it four jocks. It's, uh, you know, I like we were saying at the beginning, it's like this. I'm this movie at the time was probably like, because you know, it's the same year as Star Wars. People right. were like, yeah, roller coaster garbage. It's great. It's it's highly entertaining. Yep. Um. I like everyone's performances. I like all the actors in it. You get surprises. <laughs> yeah. And that that first roller coaster stunt, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, it it kind of that's kind of the biggest moment of the film is is the thing at the beginning, but still, like once the movie presents you with the possibility of what's going to happen to other people, it the tension level is super high. And the thing that they do at one point, I think it's when they're riding the the dual car roller coasters, at one point the camera leaves the track of the roller coaster and just goes off into the woods and you're like holy shit did the roller coaster car just go off there no it was just the camera departing but it's like what just happened i'm also kind of curious how they did that shot i don't know if it was like on a dolly hanging over or i mean it's it's confusing because it seems like it's in the front car of the roller coaster Mm -hmm. and then it just veers off into the woods and you're like what yeah like and it because the 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 car is about to hit a a bank corner Mm -hmm. and and instead of like taking the corner it just keeps going straight yeah and like at like exactly the right time that like it 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 gives you that sense that the roller coaster just left the track yeah um but then it's like cuts back and it's like and i and i honestly don't know what the point of that shot was other than like kind of further misdirection there's a lot of misdirection in this Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like the only payoff to anything is in the opening scene. Everything else is thwarted. Yeah. So I guess that maybe they were thinking, well, we've got to we've got to fool people to make them think anything could happen at any time. Yeah. Oh, so, and and it's not shown, but the further thwarting is whatever happened in Pittsburgh didn't even have to actually happen. Like right. a, a fire broke out, but nobody was hurt. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we that's one of the kind of interesting things about this movie is that like there's a whole other plot there that we're not even really shown. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a thread of like, okay, this is a serial thing. Yep. Um, so I was already thinking this anyway. So perhaps because it was already on my mind is like a uh, similarity. Um, I'm realizing that now I think it's a direct 
homage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Die Hard 3. So I was already thinking about like how similar this is in, in terms of like the like, oh, it's over here. It, it's it's mm-hmm. the it's the wild goose chase for a bomber kind of thing instead of like, you know, a single type hostage situation. Yeah. And the same thing about Bruce Willis and the aspirin in that is George Siegel and the cigarettes in this. Yes. Yes, you're except right. Except like he, you know, except Bruce Willis takes the aspirin at the end of Die Hard 3. <laughs> he but, just throw the aspirin yeah. away and go, fuck this. Yeah, yeah whatever. I'm <laughs> done with aspirin. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I, I just like when that, when you pointed out that he never actually successfully has a cigarette the entire movie, except mm-hmm. for the beginning when he's willfully getting shocked by it. Like, you know, but yeah, yeah I've just like that. Now I feel like that's a direct homage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure somebody that's seen more movies than me, you know, might say, well, actually, they did this here. Or it's a, it was a common, you know, trope, trope or whatever at that time. But yeah. like to me, it's just like, wow, that just dawned on me that it's like, it's very similar. Um, You're right. It totally is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give it three, three jocks. I mean, I, I still, I really liked it. And I think it's just, I think the time period, the, the actors involved, um, albeit well performed, also kind of just like, like I said, the retroactive, it's funny to see them in these positions kind of thing yeah. is, is add something to it. Um, I mean, and I mean, oh, just about everybody. I mean, like from George Siegel to, you know, as we've shown Henry Fonda kind of just being the boss of somebody who doesn't really particularly like him in this mm-hmm. time period, mm-hmm. you know, young Helen Hunt showing up, Goot showing up for a few seconds. It's just like, it's fun to like, go, well, this is interesting. You know, like at least I'm entertained by the people showing up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a solid little movie and I can't, I mean, it's got that speed blown away, you know, diehard, you know, bomb, you know, mad bomber thing going on. That's yeah, interesting. I, I had a thought while watching it and it's not, it's not an appropriate, well thought out thought, but it's like, y- you think about how simple mad bomber movies used to be mm-hmm. and they were always Real dumb because it was some theme that didn't make any sense. Like, we're this guy's blowing up amusement parks, and you're like, the fuck? Why? You know, it's like 70s and 80s terrorists had some sort of overarching theme to their madness. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like, where there are a bunch of people, let's blow them up. It was always some dumb theme of just like, who's got a red hat on? Okay, everyone who's wearing a red hat is going to die. So, right. uh, It was a simpler time for terrorism, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. It sure was. Like I said, oh, it, the good old days of terrorism. It's not a well thought out <laughs> thought. I'm just saying, like, at some, you know, I, I know exactly at what point we made the switch, but it's like thematically, it was just like it was a simpler time for terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they're even joking about it in the movie. They're like, ah, if this, the, the salad days of terrorism. <laughs> well, I mean, he even in the movie, they're like, if this guy really just wanted to blow people up, he would just take a bomb on a plane. Right. You know, it was just like, oh, yeah, because, you know, you just take a bomb on a plane. What you? Yeah. Because, you know, in the 70s, it, there wasn't anything keeping you from doing that. That's <laughs> true. I also like that, like, uh, there, there's the point where Richard Widmark is about to get on the plane and, you know, he's getting wanted. You know, it's not wanted, but like the, the metal detector thing. Yeah. And he just clearly, like, you know, like sets it off and whatever. And it's about to get wanted. And then, like, they page him like the there, there, there seems to be a lot of things in this movie where somebody will get paged or called or somebody else will overhear something. And they're just like. Oh well, clearly that's you yeah. because they 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 page him, <laughs> you know they're like you know Hoyt or whatever his name is like come to the red phone yeah and it's like the person about to want him he just like goes back through the metal detector and walks off it's like 
No, your, your ass would get tased or tackled or something. Yeah, you know, you don't just get to go back. <laughs> no, never mind. I just I know I saw off the metal detector, but you got me. Yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna leave. You're now. right. Sorry. <laughs> he didn't even say like, "Oh, that's me." I'm gonna go get the red phone. Just like he just turns around and walks yep, by. Like, <laughs> Clearly, that's him. <laughs> Let him go. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, goodbye. Some, citizen. Simpler times and all. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. So yeah. that's that's roller coaster. Roller coaster. Yeah. Surprisingly, a good time. Yeah, um, I think. I mean, I I enjoyed Meteor, but I think I like this one more. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah. Me- Meteor, Meteor was good, but it was also real dumb. Yeah, this was like, yeah, I could sure, mm-hmm. you know, because I like I said, I liked the fact that his plan wasn't blow up the roller coaster. It was just this little t- tiny little poof that mm-hmm. damages the track a little bit. Um, anyway, so that's roller coaster. That's 2017. That's Kismet. They are the same. <laughs> I, I, uh, what better metaphor? Something that could be fun, derailed by one tiny little thing. Yes. Yeah. Very tiny little thing. So, uh, anyway, uh, we had a good 2017 here at the Bamcast, and we want to thank you for being patrons who gave us your hard-earned money to allow us to continue to do this every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we enjoy giving back. We enjoy doing this extra show. We should call it that extra show just extra huh? <laughs> what <laughs> you confused me uh but yeah th- thanks we appreciate all your support and if you're listening to this on the regular feed you're still listening so thank you uh we, it, the interest is there and yeah, it was just be like cool yeah we don't say thanks we'll just be like cool yeah, yeah. But this roller coaster joke is going to be played out when you hear it, like totally. the first week of February. So yeah, you feel like, what is this? What are you talking about? Yeah. Twenty seventeen. What's that? Like so month. So month. Twenty eighteen is on fire, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be pining for the simpler times of twenty seventeen. So yeah. anyway, uh, we will be back in the first week of twenty eighteen with another hot, too long for Bamcast Prime movie, most most likely. So uh, until then. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Chuck. I'm Harlow. And this is Bamcast Extra. Out. Yeah, yeah.